Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. What's up, y'all? It's Jeff Cobb, and you're listening to Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show on Social Suplex Podcast Network. You're listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised at all times. again for downloading and listening to a brand new episode of the Ricket and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. My name is Clive and I'm joined by, for what feels like the first time in many, many weeks, Ricky. How are you tonight, Ricky? Good evening. Happy New Year, listeners. Yes, happy um, New Year to one and all. Well, actually, has, despite a few podcasts being released in the last few weeks, we've not actually done a podcast together in about, what, just over two weeks, no, three weeks, three weeks, I think it was. Basically, the, the TLC review was the last time we spoke to each other. Uh, <laughs> well, on air, that is. On air. Uh, we've had the occasional text back and forth. I feel as if I've almost forgotten how to do this, but what I haven't forgotten is, in order to make your new year even happier, if you use the social suplex promo code and the powerslam.tv website, you can get over 4,000 hours of access to many, many independent wrestling promotions around the world so that's a wee plug for our sponsors done and dusted um, as I say I said before we started recording I've got something nice and fun to start the show I, one of my daughters made up a present for me from Christmas and it is basically interesting WWE facts would you like to Would you like to hear some? no no <laughs> <laughs> go on <coughs> right let me see. Now, this one, I'm not actually sure if... I think this is actually the wrong way around. It says DDP's first WrestleMania appearance wasn't at WrestleMania 6, but I think it was, wasn't it, when he was a, a limo driver for someone? Well, I mean, if you want to get technical, then yeah. I think, I can't remember exactly. Uh, next one, Shane McMahon provided the voice of Kai and Tai. Alright. That's a nice wee tidbit for you. Uh, WWE's wellness policy extends to referees. What wellness policy? <laughs> <laughs> you might want to tell that to a couple of the guys from NXT. Um, beefed out bad boys. Um, Nikki Bella almost became a pro football player before WWE. Lucky us. <laughs> she could have been playing for the Jacksonville Jaguars. You never know. <laughs> <coughs> right, Cesaro is a believer. I don't know what that means. Is that um, Justin? Is that Be- not Justin Bieber. So Cesaro is a Justin Bieber fan. Some NXT facts for you. Ty Dillinger was released by the WWE in two thousand and nine. 
when he was under the ECW guys back in the day. Uh, Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns were originally supposed to be part of the reality show format. Of all the male singles championships in WWE, NXT has changed hands the least amount of times. That sounds about right, I would say. Mm. It has only had a short reign as well. Let me see. And a couple of Pete Dunn facts, because my daughter knows I'm a, a mark for Pete Dunn. Uh, his real name is Peter England. He began training under Psycho Steve Edwards at the age of 12. Mr. England, she's written Mr. England here, later made a name for himself <laughs> when he competed for the first ever UK Championship in 2017. Um, listen to this. He was born on the 9th of November 1993. Six years younger than myself, seven years than you. <sighs> right. I feel a tad old now. That's the first time I've said that. I feel old. You know, it's a new year. And you know how people come up with all these bullshit New Year resolutions that last about a week or so? Uh-huh. I have one for you that uh-huh. I think should last the entire year. What's that? No more jokes on the podcast. How about it lasts for another 60 minutes? <laughs> that works okay. What I'll do is, how how does this sound? Um, I'll compromise. I will let you know when it happens. <laughs> so I can tune out. No, and we'll do a poll on Twitter, and we'll do a we'll do a poll to see if the jokes stay or go. How does that sound? We can do it, but I feel like there's quite a lot of marks for you. So there are marks on my jokes. That's what I, uh, that's what I'm saying. I could think of about three or four straight away. So let's not just keep keep doing your jokes. Right. So we've done the welcome. There is going to be a, an announcement to something that will happen in the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show going forward, but we will leave that for later on in the show. So keep your ears peeled for that one. Some changes are afoot, Ricky. Yep, this is our last hour podcast together. <laughs> 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 These last three weeks, I've been trying to find a replacement, and I found one. What's his name? Might not be a, it might not be a male, it could be a female. What's what's her name? I can't say. Okay. I need to keep that private. Uh, right, let's get to it. As you, if you've been listening the last couple of weeks, we've had a few specials. Um, so, but in that time, WWE haven't really rested much because there's been quite a lot of things happening both on TV and in the news. Um, I wouldn't really know where to start. There's been there's... let's let's start at the at the second bullet point. Right. So well, the fourth, the fourth. What do you mean bullet point? Because this isn't this. None of this is ever scripted out. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <clears throat> right. Fourth bullet point. Yeah. So obviously with. Smackdown and the last couple of weeks following on Christmas Day and New Year's Day, Raw on the, both the Eve nights. They did a few taped episodes for the last couple of weeks. Now, there was there was one thing that bothered me, and I didn't notice it on Raw, but it was very evident on Smackdown that the the there was like piped in crowd reactions, and actually, I think it hampered Smackdown the last couple of weeks. Did you feel that at all? I mean, that wasn't a bullet point I was talking about, but we'll move on. Um, All right, okay. (laughs) 
Oh, I noticed it straight away when Rusev won the title. I've never heard a pop like that for him ever. Right. Um, if you if you didn't, if you haven't picked up on it, just go back and watch it. That like the people went absolutely crazy, and, and so they should because you know Rusev is he's he's one of the like you say, he's one of my absolute favourites. But it was it was quite blatantly obvious that those were piped in cheers. Um, having like taped episodes. You know, that time of year doesn't really bother me. Like, I saw people complaining that it was taped episodes mm. on Twitter. Well, um, I don't care much about them, the fact that they were taped. Do you think, obviously it's fine for people to have days off at this time of year. It's just, did you, do you think there was like a set pattern of creative over the the two weeks, the two shows over the two weeks? Did it feel like it flew, uh, flowed? <laughs> I mean, this is where... I'll need to be honest and say I probably watched about an hour of wrestling in the last sort of like two and a bit weeks. Right. So I can't comment fully on the entirety of the shows uh-huh. um, from what I did see because my whole thing about the last two two and a weeks or so was to completely switch off from from wrestling altogether. Um, I did watch Natalia and Ronda Rousey. Um, I watched the, the match prior to that or sorry the week prior to that where they had the number one contender match for the women gauntlet match I thought both matches were really really good mm-hmm. um, and, and to be honest this time of year or that time of year during about Christmas New Year I'm not really looking for quality kind of episodes like I've come to just accept not so much accept but I've always been like you know it's this time of year you kind of want to get past it Get through the next sort of couple of weeks, so what they kind of put out on TV never really, it never bothered me too much. Um, like I said, because to me it's just a case of we just kind of need to get the year over and done with and move on to 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's things that have been happening <coughs> where, where Vince, McMahon, Vince McMahon comes out, came out a couple of weeks back talking about this whole new change, but we're still kind of, you know. Some of the old faces are still there. Um, almost kind of getting a rerun of a couple of different kind of matches as well, but I, I get it's not going to kind of change instantly overnight. It'll be a gradual kind of thing to to maybe write one or two people off TV or just tie up a few loose ends. So it says in terms of what's took place in the last couple of weeks, I've not really been overly concerned or worked up about it. Because to me, it's just that time of the year when everyone kind of wants to get through with it. Mm-hmm. From a personal standpoint, I felt as if the stories, they held together a bit better. And we see it with the likes of NXT. Um, I'm trying to think of other shows that are taped that I watch. Lucha Underground as well, that's taped in bulk. And you can tell that there's a, a natural flow to stories. You've got some more possibilities for shared universe stuff because look at what's happening with Smackdown Samoa Joe Mysterio Ali, Almas, Brian, AJ they've all butted heads over the last few weeks it did help that there was a fatal five way um, last week so obviously that lends itself to having that shared universe mentality I just I don't know how plausible it is going forward to do something like that because part of the income that WWE make is from live attendance and stuff like that. So, And also you're asking, especially Monday nights, you're asking people to sit there for 
what, five, six hours? That's quite an ask. No, it is. It is. Um, I see. It's just that time of the year where they kind of put some tapings, where they put, uh, sorry, they tape back-to-back shows. Um, I don't think it's going to be something they're going to do going forward. Um especially with the Fox deal coming in soon. I don't really like that says I think it will just be New Year and Christmas where they might do such things. Um but even when it comes to like dates like Thanksgiving and stuff like that, if it happens to fall on a Monday, I don't really I probably don't imagine them doing a a taping. Uh-huh. Other could do, you never know, but yeah, no, I think these are quite few and far between it, it's just kind of reserved for this time mm-hmm. of year. So I know it's not possible, but would you be up for? Would you be for that if it ever did happen? Taped episodes. Uh huh. Like back in the day. Um. I mean, sure, if it benefits people getting that extra few days rest, that's fine. I suppose the only problem as fans that we would face when it comes to like taped episodes is that you know we're all kind of always going to. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, some sort of thing, and it's going to spoil one or two things, but I guess that just comes down to um, self-control, not to go on, things like that. Um, But it's almost kind of second habit to a lot of us, just to kind of pop onto the internet and have a look around without even thinking about things. Um, Again, it wouldn't really bother me. Um, I guess it just... It depends, I suppose, when. Like, I wouldn't want to have taped episodes leading up to, like, Royal Rumble and WrestleMania, etc., that's um, true. So, and, and they wouldn't do such things like that. So, but yeah, going forward, tape the episodes. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm nonplussed if I'm honest. Because um, I says I don't sit, and, I don't sit through three hours of raw anyway. So, uh-huh. I, I pick and choose what I want to watch. If something doesn't interest me, I won't bother watching it, and I mm-hmm. won't comment on it. And it will kind of apply to the tape tapings as well. That's fair enough. Um. Well, one of the things that was has come from this change that Vince and Co have promised the the audience is one of the other bullet points that you wanted to address. So, do you want to lead us in with this one? Because I don't know which bullet point you're talking about now. No, it's fine. We'll just hit on the other ones. I mean, we were talking about we mentioned Mustafa Ali and Daniel Bryan. I feel, because um, obviously at the Royal Rumble it's going to be Daniel Bryan and AJ. Um, AJ, yes. And I know a lot of people are clamouring for Mustafa Ali, and I'm kind of glad in a way it's not going to be that because it still kind of gives you a little bit of hope that we might get Mustafa Ali versus Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. Um, I can't, I can't sing. Like I says, I can't give Mustafa Ali any more praise than I have before. And like I says, the <coughs> fact that he's been featured in matches against um, Daniel Bryan, Joe, AJ, he just had that great, great tag team match um, last night. Yep, fantastic. Tag so team. he's been these, what, was it five, five weeks or so, Aye. five, six weeks, he's, featured, he's been on SmackDown. He's featured heavily, prominently, and you know he's been treated. He's been treated quite well. Uh huh. He's had a um, he's had a match every week basically. 
against you know legitimately like top top guys. Mm-hmm. So like I says, I think the kind I don't know. I kind of hope they know what they've got in him, or is it just a case of we're showcasing him to you? So just in case some people don't know who he is, it could be a bit of both. Um, but in him, they've got you know they've got a real real star, um, and I kind of think he'll have a, a pretty strong showing at the Royal Rumble. Uh-huh. Now, I'm not going to say he's going to be like one of the top, the last four or five, six guys, but I think he'll come in and I think he'll make quite an impression um, and continue this like this upwards climb that he's on because uh, his traje- trajectory is, 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 is shooting high. It is. It's, it's going. It's a very fast pace, in my opinion. Um, you know, so let's say Daniel Bryan and Mustafa Ali for the title would be something that I would really be on board for. His trajectory has been quite steep. There are concerns that he could just fall off a cliff, not through any fault of his own. Um, But I think Mustafa Ali's inclusion in SmackDown has been one of the factors that's helped me enjoy the product a lot more the last few weeks. Um, As you know, I've followed him since the beginning in 205 Live and I've been writing columns, uh, reviews for them every week now, catches matches. So I feel as if I know him inside and out, and to see him do, there was a worry in me that, okay, people are wanting him to be on the main roster, but how much TV time will he get on SmackDown compared to 205 Live, regardless of how many people watch it, um, he's still getting more time, but he's he's had that time, uh, and he's, he's done well for himself, so... As far as I'm aware as well, he's doing well in the house shows. He's, he's active on Twitter saying that there are some towns where he, he goes in being booed, comes down the ramp being booed, and then he, he leaves with sand innovations and stuff like that. So th- there Probably is a, getting booed in southern states. The, I don't know if it's recent. I, just, I remember hearing that when him and Alexander were um, in France, he was getting booed. And then when they left, they had a standing ovation. It was just around the WrestleMania season, I think. So, there, I think there is a story to tell there where he is, you, he's proof that you don't need to tar every Muslim wrestler with the same brush. And he can be a, a hero instead or, of a villain. Or just, or just every Muslim. What? <laughs> 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 I don't, I don't really know. <coughs> um, no, and, and like when we touched on Daniel Bryan, I I think the Daniel Bryan and Miz WrestleMania matches, I think that's gone. Yep. And that's why I'm now hoping that we do get Mustafa Ali versus Daniel Bryan. And Daniel Bryan oh. cut a promo last night that may may well already have him locked up for promo of the year. And we're like a week into 2019. Both? The one at the start and the one at the end? Um, He's calling a a, a fan a fat, impotent, fickle. (laughs) My God, Daniel. Screaming in their faces, walking down the stairs, impotent. Unbelievable stuff from Daniel Bryan. (laughs) Um, I've always been a... I prefer... I was more of a fan of Daniel Bryan the heel than I was Daniel Bryan the face. Um, like the face run though he had from kind of like about July time before he facing it at SummerSlam all the way up until 
WrestleMania was one of the greatest runs you'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the reasons, like I said, I used that as an example to get you to start watching wrestling again. Yeah. And that's one of the greatest runs you'll ever see. And like, I was a massive, massive fan of it. But, you know, just when he used to come down, everyone would be chanting yes, and he'd be screaming no and stuff like that. He's always been a great, great heel. Um, and like I say, these promos that he's cutting right now, <laughs> oh, you know, he's arguably... Devastating. Arguably the best on the mic at this moment in time in the company. Uh, um, in it, terms of producing like proper great promos see uh, Austin is it Austin that said be yourself and turn it up to 11 mm-hmm. well that's some, a part of me thinks that's not Daniel Bryan saying that stuff that is Brian Danielson saying those things I think it is I think it is um, uh, like he says when you turn it, up, turn it up to 11 just kind of go over the top and go slightly overboard with your how you're believing it or how you kind of want to portray how you're feeling or how you get your point across and, and it really does seem like he is just being himself but like you say he's just turned it up a notch he's just homing in on people who've got a, that are gluttonous and who are just exe- ex- basically excess and consum- excessive consumption and stuff and he's, he's going to tout I can't believe right in that guy's face screaming that he was impotent. And that guy was just cheering him on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, it's... I was taken aback by how angry he was. He's just he's just an absolute great heel. And I think what he's done these last few weeks is just kind of... Whether, you know, it doesn't matter. Like, I guess it does... <clears throat> um, people have got a belief that he t- he's only turned heel because he wanted to turn heel because he realised that he may never had any plans for him to do anything significant as a face but I think a lot of people are now kind of realising I've just been reminded sorry of how great of a heel he is because we were he's been a baby face for what five years or so even if you take the time where he was a GM and stuff like that and when he was off um, uh-huh. not on TV so I think like I said it's just reminded everyone Look, I'm probably at my best as a heel. Yeah, I'm sceptical about seeing Ali as the contender, the challenger, but I'd had a a sort of small discussion back and forth with the doc Chad Matthews on Twitter last night and was saying that Ali's best, his best programmes come against the guys who are just so deep-rooted in their evil, basically, they're healed them, that... Ali as a, a natural hero works best when it's it's complete opposite ends of the good versus bad spectrum, and we've already seen so far that Daniel Bryan, character wise, hates Ali. Probably hates him in real life because he smashed his jaw. But uh, that's when Ali works at his best when he has to fight adversity full on. So, from a creative standpoint and from a root for the good guy standpoint, I, I can't think of a, a more Pumped and, and, story. And like I've yeah, and like I've said, it's like I think he he really could if you wanted him to be to like to be that guy for you as a, like the company guy. Um, and I think a lot of fans, not everyone, but a lot of fans, when they see him, don't even see him as someone of Pakistani heritage or see him as a Muslim. I think they just look past it and say that's a real good guy, mm-hmm. but it's a pretty damn fucking good wrestler. Um, yeah. And that's just like I said to me. I've all, I've lot. I believed it for a long time now that he really could be that guy. Um, but yeah, like I said, 
but when when you kind of when you look through the card, because I, I even know we're, we're about what three, what are we three weeks out or so from WrestleMania? Rumble. Oh, sorry, Rumble. Um, it's I'm just my pick right now will probably be Daniel Bryan to retain. So if you start to make your way through the list of potential contenders, uh-huh. there aren't many. In terms of baby faces, no. In terms of baby faces, in terms of like, because you can't run, you won't run AJ again. It won't be someone like Jeff Hardy. It won't be someone like Rusev. There, there will be a chamber match. It's SmackDown's turn for the chamber this year, I think. And, so and I'm trying to think like. Maybe someone sh- will unearth in the chamber match that could be a legitimate contender. On I don't know, it's. Which leads me to believe it will be a raw wrestler who wins the rumble. I think that as well. Um, but like I say, um, I also think that that if you are going to go with the whole normal or classic face versus heel, they're not going to turn Daniel Bryan again. So I'm off the top of my head. <coughs> you're looking at maybe someone like Mustafa Ali, or you're looking at Rey Mysterio. And I can't think of many many others now. Oh, I wouldn't be happy. I mean, okay, Mysterio is is he has been there basically every week now, but I still think it should be thinking about the future now. So we need we need to get these young guys or younger guys into the picture more. Thing is, like, I don't mind part-time or older guys as long as you still have the capability of putting on a good match and Rey Mysterio does I know and he's it's not just been a flavour of the month thing he's been on programmes he's I mean I can't believe he was allowed to I don't know if he was he did a Canadian destroyer pile driver to Almas and, and if we get that at Wrestlemania you know then I think a lot of people are going to be signing up for that do you know see don't want to go down the cynical route, but if you're wanting to get some Hispanic viewership up, you've got two Hispanic legends there. Yeah, um, that would probably be in Vince's thinking anyway, because um, he's always been looking for that next massive Hispanic star. So you could see that as a, a passing of the torch, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah, and I like as much as I love Ray, it's like in that kind of situation, that scenario, Almas should be going over. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the best in the company, so you should start treating them like it. Um, but yeah, you know, we're still, we're still quite a few months away from WrestleMania. So much things that can still unfold. But yeah. if, if, if if it turns out to be Daniel Bryan and Mustafa Ali, sign me up for it. Sign me up for it immediately. Take my money. Um, also, Royal Rumble falls on my birthday, so I won't get to watch it until like the Monday night. Which is going to be kind of disappointing. Oh, it happens. Because I always always take the day after the next day off work or a half day so I can go watch it somewhere. But so be it. Not this year. See, now and again the rumble falls on my birthday, so I I understand where you're coming from. Yep. Uh, we'll we'll send you our PayPal accounts later, listeners, for some birthday money. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Um, right, one of the other things, well, two kind of 
the other things that we've seen from the changes, quote-unquote, that Vince and co. have brought to the product is the changing attitudes of Seth Rollins and AJ Styles. Seth Rollins at the moment is not... It's not as much... I think it's more in his promo work than it is in his matches. But the... I was actually quite interested in seeing Seth and Triple H face off last week. Triple H was saying, Where, where's the Seth that I remember? He's, he's gone, he's disappeared. Uh, and since then, um, especially with the, the promo work and segments, Seth seems to have got a bit of fire back. Now, I am I am a fan of that. But at the same time, I feel as if we've just gone round in a big circle because around this time last year, we had Seth's reborn, his Monday Night Rollins once again. And then it's just, it seems to have happened again. That doesn't seem like progress to me. Maybe this change in attitude is the start of the road to getting to Brock Lesnar. Uh-huh. Maybe, maybe what Triple H was alluding to was you kind of, not so much turn full on heel, but you need to have that kind of mentality that you had when you were with us, where you were kind of like, Fine, he was a bit bit of a chicken shit heel at times, but he was also very vicious and evil. You kind of need to get that kind of back in you in order to get back to the, uh, the top of the mountain. Mm-hmm. So that's what he could have been alluding to. Um, I, yeah, I mean, like, look, Seth, I think my early pick will be Seth to win the Rumble. Um, and Seth to beat Brock at WrestleMania, you know, I'd I'd be happy with that. More than happy with that. Um, I wouldn't. I don't think this is like the start or like a heel turn or anything of that nature. Um, no. I said I think it's just more so Triple H wanting Seth to like stop what he's doing now and just focus and just realize where he wants to be and how he needs to get there and how he needs to get there is to be what he used to be. <coughs> I think. From what happened in Monday night there with the Falls Count Anywhere match with Dean, that was good. It seems to be that things have finished with Dean at the moment because Bobby Lashley's come along and for the first time, not even since he came back, for the first time ever, apart from that baseball cap and the the leather jacket, which is just not a combo that works, uh, this is a Bobby Lashley I can get behind. Just a brawler who will just destroy anything in his path and I've never been a Lashley fan and I remember saying to you last year that when he came back not a fan wasn't a fan never have been a fan clean slate let's see what happens and it's the same again within a couple of weeks I was like don't care about the guy when in reality like that could be like your full time Brock Lesnar type guy where he just destroys everyone because mm-hmm. he legitimately, legitimately could beat up just about anyone in that uh, on the mm-hmm. roster with his MMA and wrestling background. That is the most motivated I've seen him. So, I say, may that continue? Because at the end of the day, he actually is like a good wrestler. Mm-hmm. He is. He, he's proven it. Um, he's proven that he can be like the face of a company when he was at Impact TNA. Um. So yeah, like I can get behind this guy as well, but the problem is he's never really ever been booked like that in WWE. Well, certainly this time around, this time around he's just, you know, he beat Roman, didn't he once, and that was it. Uh huh. 
And it was Other than that, like he hasn't really done anything significant. Yeah, he has done stuff, just not significant, as you say. He's back and forth heels, like a double turn over many weeks with Elias. Uh, I still think Leo Rush is a good choice as a mouthpiece. Um, if Leo Rush and Bobby Lashley with the pointing at the arse cheeks, if they cut that out of their act, concentrated more and just laying waste to folk like Seth Rollins, I'm happy with that. Now, the next pay-per-view is a Royal Rumble. Seth said he's in the Rumble, so maybe they won't actually have a, pro, a pay-per-view match between Seth and Bobby Lashley, but they will have a TV feud over the next few, weed, few weeks. And I am happy with that, especially if both guys continue to show the intensity that they've shown recently. And, and the only problem, like, because you know, like, I've long said that my favourite match is the Royal Rumble match. Mm-hmm. But the problem with 90% of the roster who aren't involved in singles or tag title matches at the Royal Rumble... It's all kind of you need to gear towards a rumble. So at least in this sense, what we've got going on with these two is that we've got a storyline building towards a rumble. It keeps both guys hot and interesting. And and you can continue that feud within the rumble confines. Uh-huh. So it makes sense. Like I say, rather than just having these random singles match or tag matches or, you know, at least... At least They've got something to do that you might say you might not get a pay per view blow off, but at least you might get a TV blow off, or you could get something happening at the Rumble. I personally think Seth could win it, and then I think how you keep Seth in this feud potentially going is you could say Seth takes on Bobby Lashley at one of the pay per views between Royal Rumble and WrestleMania, and if yeah. you want to make it kind of interesting, you could always say, "Well, put your number one contendership on the line." I'm not sure if there is much of a science in this, but sometimes when we used to do our predictions. I would notice trends for certain pay-per-views that wrestlers would have and the last few years Seth's not had the best of track records when it comes to the pay-per-view. 15 in an excellent triple threat match but he went away empty-handed. 16 he wasn't there. 17 he lost the tag titles and got papped from the Rumble by Roman. So track record-wise... January is not a great month for Seth Rollins as far as pay-per-views are concerned, so part of me thinks that means he won't win because, again, I don't know if this is me just making this up, but I don't know if it will be him because of that. I think he'll be thwarted again. I think it will. I think it will because I think... Where else do you then go with Seth? What else? What else do you do with him? Aye. Um, and I think the kind of what they're wanting now, and what I think what they could be planning to do is put Seth on that pedestal and give him, give him like the baton and tell him to run with it. Um, I hope so. I hope so. I think that is what the plan could well be. If he's not going to win it, he's going to have one hell of a showing at the, at the Royal Rumble. Do you thinking maybe uh, an Iron Man performance? I could see him coming in early and being like one of the last four. Uh-huh. At worst, at worst, at worst. And then Baron Corbin puts him out. Yep. I mean, <laughs> that could actually happen. <laughs> I know. But, yeah. 
But I, I feel like I have a handle or I, I kind of have an idea of what they're going to be doing with Seth in terms of what they're going to do with AJ. Oh, man, I've no idea at all. AJ some does, does seem fired up. It's amazing when, even from a storyline perspective, when somebody's held a title for so or a title for so long, they begin to become complacent. Because since he lost the title, AJ has been more than fired up. I mean that match, uh, the TLC pay per view, one of my matches of the year. So I'm not bothered at all that they're having a rematch because it's just getting more intense by the day by the week. Uh, and we'll tie in here Nakamura seems reborn since he lost the title to Rusev uh, he's become a bit more of an animal again so that's you You can, well, you don't need to record me saying this because it's going out there live but I am actually interested in a Rusev angle can you believe it? The thing is, like, so for, in terms of AJ so if he's not what you could do is we could always do AJ as a heel up against Mustafa Ali. You could then potentially go Daniel Bryan versus Rey Mysterio, and then you can go Rusev versus Almas, for instance. And that's three top, top quality matches. Mm-hmm. I know I would probably, I would probably prefer <coughs> Almas and Rey Mysterio, but I'm saying if you don't, if you wanted to veer it and go in a different way, you could always do something like that. What, what I think will happen with all these people floating about both the women and men's chamber matches for, if it, I think it is Smackdown it must be they are going to no, be I mean, they're dual brand remember oh, so it is so do you think it'll be three from each brand mm. well no because remember there'll be a winner you know from each brand of the Royal Rumble so you can't have a Raw winner of the Rumble and then have three in the chamber because how does that work? Well, well, like, let's be honest here. Brock's not going to turn up for a chamber, so it's not going to be the Universal Championship that's defended. So that's why, that's why I'm thinking it would be two number one contender matches then. You could have potentially a, ma- a men's SmackDown Elimination Chamber match to determine who faces Daniel Bryan and then a, a women's Raw Elimination Chamber match. But even... <coughs> that that's my only way I could think of it because I don't see them having two winners from each brand. I actually have I actually already have my a women my women's pick for the uh, Royal Rumble anyway. Right. I think it's Becky Lynch. So do you think she'll uh, the women's match will be on before the women's Royal Rumble? Mm-hmm. So she'll lose, she'll lose to Asuka. Um, <laughs> And then she'll enter the rumble. Probably. Maybe, may, maybe by beating someone up or something. I don't know. Or, or what you could then do is you could potentially have Charlotte Flair winning it, right? Charlotte, because honestly, I'm challenging Ronda at WrestleMania. And then I don't know how you would do it, but you could always just say, right, well, now we're going to have females. Sorry, a smack up. Uh, a Raw. Sorry, a SmackDown's Women's Chamber match to determine who takes on Asuka. Becky Lynch could win it, but she, she could come out the next night and say, no, fuck this, I don't want Asuka. I'm going to set myself into the Raw women's title match and have as a triple threat. So who does Asuka fight? Then you would need to do something later on, I suppose. But that's why I think, because I'm convinced they're going to go Ronda and Becky Lynch 
Ah, Den må jeg back i Runch. Sige ikke så stort set om Ronald Asker og Charlotte Tøjers der også. No, I don't. I don't either. I'm trying to think. It's put it this way. It's good that we can't really nail it down right now. All this guesswork means that there are a good few strong people, and uh, also I'm not sure if this is just a what's the word? Shot in the dark. No, that's not the right phrase that I'm thinking of. Uh, Sasha Banks is getting. It is. No, it's not. It's something else. It might come to me later on. Shot in the dark. That is. No, it's something else. It doesn't matter. Anyway. Uh, Sasha Banks is going to be facing Ronda Rousey at the Rumble. Yep. Do you think this is just a... <laughs> I'm trying to remember that <laughs> phrase again. <laughs> no, right, do you think this is just a one-off or do you think Sasha is going to be involved in the the title picture for the next few months? No, I think this is probably a one-off. Right. Um, buy or sell, there's going to be at least two botches in this match. <laughs> <coughs> um, no, I think this is a kind of one-off. Uh, but, I mean, you saw the kind of fan reaction, especially on Twitter, when Sasha Banks was being set out a title picture in... I don't see her beating Ronda, but I think it'll be a good match. See, the thing is, though, Ronda cost Becky and Charlotte the title at DLC. Who's to say either Becky or Charlotte doesn't cost Ronda the title? I mean, they could, but I feel like... I really don't want to sound like I'm putting the women down or I'm sounding sexist, but if they're going to close... WrestleMania, which a lot of people feel like they should or they think they will, there needs to be a title on the line. And I don't think I'm being sexist here whatsoever. <laughs> no, I don't see, I don't understand why you said that. Just I didn't want people to feel like <clears throat> that match itself isn't going to be a great match. It's just kind of, there needs to be some sort of caveat there. Because let's be honest, like, not, I can't think of many matches that close WrestleMania without having some sort of title involved. Considering the popularity, the the merit that all the parties involved have accumulated over the months now, the women, those three, Asuka's on the side, Sasha, undetermined, they're the hottest thing going in the product right now. I think it's only makes sense if they do main event in some form or fashion. I think they will. Um, I hope they do. And if they do, then my prediction of a women's match closing WrestleMania <coughs> came true within two years. Aye. My only... Because I, I did say that to you. Um, my only thing that makes me think they might not do it is if Seth is... If a plan for Seth to beat Brock. That's the only That's the only reason I don't think it won't. Uh, I think it will. I think it will. But that's the only... The only other match or the only other um, like thing that could take that away from them if they're completely put the title on Seth. That is a good point, actually. But I would, I would have the women close it. So, I, I see where you're coming from. That was sexist of you. Uh, <laughs> see the the women's tag titles have been announced. Now, 
I don't know if I've missed anything, but is this going to be exclusive? Is this all women, or is it Raw and SmackDown separately? Have we heard anything further from I Santa McMahon? I don't think so. No. Because right. I announced it, what was it, two, was it, three weeks ago? Two weeks ago? It was probably um, Christmas Eve, I think, because it was McMahon Claus, I think. Yeah, nah. I don't think they've not mentioned anything since. Um, I don't think. Um, you can't have one for each show. You can't. You can't? You just, you just, you cannot. Ah, uh, there's not enough. There's not, there isn't, like I said, there's not even enough legitimate tag teams for the men to have, to justify having one for each show. Um, I think it could be a case of, like, I, I feel like they're probably going to, in the weeks building up to WrestleMania, and they'll probably crown the inaugural winners at WrestleMania. And I think at that point you might start to see. I'm not even sure how you could do it. You probably you'd need to put a relaxing of the draft. I can't. I can't even think you would have all the women on one show. No, you can't. Absolutely. Because of it, because of the two women's uh, world titles. Right off the top of my head, there are some double acts at the moment. You've got Nia Jax and Tamina. Mm-hmm. Um, Sasha and Bailey. Sasha and Bailey. You've even got Ronda and Natalia, who I enjoyed their partnership a couple of weeks last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got the Iconics. Mm-hmm. You've got Mandy Rose and Sonia Deville. Yep. Um, Naomi has uh, Dan, Lana has said on Twitter that her and Naomi have wanted to do something together. You know, what I would like to see Naomi with you. Ember Moon. No, I mean if I have if I wanted Naomi to be with someone, I want her to be with Rance. <laughs> but Ember Moon and Naomi, I think that could be a, a a great tag team. Naomi, I don't think gets enough credit for what she does, and Ember Moon. Oh, is she's had unbelievable. Some, she's had some great matches the last few weeks. Yep, and. That finisher of hers, the Eclipse, I think that's the best finisher in the WWE. It's up there, definitely. I think it's just it is unbelievable. Alicia but, um, Fox, that Alicia could Fox, be a tag team right there. Alicia Fox sold that as if she was she was shot by a cannon. Alicia Fox may have that might have been the best sell of the Eclipse I've seen. Uh huh. Um, that, so there straight away, uh, there's some some interesting tag teams there. But the problem is um, what would then happen if you then put all those women together, you then your pool of single wrestlers is quite thin. It is. Um, and that's why you might see a couple more women come up between now and WrestleMania or certainly post WrestleMania. I think and we'll touch on this later for my reason, but um I think um Shayna Baszler comes up, but I don't think she comes up to be an attack team. I think she comes up as a single mm-hmm. singles wrestler and so she should. But let's say that's the only problem you're gonna have now is you just don't A have enough women to have individual tag teams on each show, titles on each show, but then when you put all the women together, 
do you have enough women wrestlers to have two titles and the tag team titles? Because uh, I don't want tag teams just thrown together for the sake of being thrown together just to put a challenge there and then them split up and then go do the single thing. Yeah, because I think there are natural tag teams there already. So there are some teams there. Iconics, Jackson, Tamina. Um, I don't know. It's just, you've got a point that the... I don't know. I mean, I'd like it to happen. Something a bit different. I think it could be a precursor for a relaxing of the divide between Raw and SmackDown as well. Because realistically, how are they going to handle this without... If they, if they can't... Like they have to mingle between Monday and Tuesday nights. Uh, yep, unless you kind of <clears throat> have it being defended against a Raw team one month and then you move over to SmackDown the next month. In the meantime, you kind of build up a number one contender in each uh, every other month on each show. But I think for me, what it just comes back to is there's just not enough credible women wrestlers it's not even credibility it's just not enough I know but I also don't want to see just a couple of like incompetent wrestlers just thrown together right and it's the same with the, it's the same with the men's you know like we've had some strange pairings before um there, but, ha- there have been but look at how it works out for the bar in the long run in the bar yeah I mean you do get that you do get that, but for every bar, you know, like, why would you split up American Alpha? Like, mm. I get, I get, Jason Jordan was doing great things. I actually like Jason Jordan, but you know, they could have been so great. I was a big, um, big fan of him. I was a, I was a big <coughs> same, same. Um, like, yeah, so it does just come back to quantity of women wrestlers, and I think that's where they could be in trouble. And that's where you might see a number of NXT women wrestlers who we may not think are ready to come up, but might need to come up. Uh-huh. But we've seen in the past that sometimes those who, if you're a fan, if you watch NXT weekly, you think, why have they been called up? Now and again, it works out for them. Mm. Um, so we'll see. we'll see what happens with that. So those are the things that we've talked about have, storyline-wise, a bit of both been a result of the changes that have been brought in for the better, apparently we are the authority but there are a couple of things that have happened recently where personally speaking <laughs> it, 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 it's not going forward, it's it's going very backwards so do you would you like to hazard a guess Ricky as to what I am talking about I believe we're going to be talking about Johnny Boots and Tights himself we are um, I, I know you're quite hot about this, so you know you can lead us off if you want. Well, I will. But but, but before we do, I have a little surprise for you. <laughs> we have a guest. <coughs> Ding dong! <laughs> it's gotta be. Enter. It's gotta be cash. I just want y'all to know. I tried to get on when y'all started. But I had an AED, AEW shirt on, and they turned me around, so I had to go take it off in the parking lot. I just want you to know that. So I don't appreciate that. 
I'm suing. I'm going to take a picture and tweet it. <laughs> how are you doing, Lance? I'm good, man. How you doing? You wanted to do a run-in, didn't you? I wanted so bad. I, I texted Moots and si- to see what y'all were doing, and he was like, we just started talking. I was like, put me in. I got to run in real quick. Right. Okay, then, what is it? How can we help you? I just want to say hi to my friends. I can't, damn, I got to want something? Oh, I thought you had... <laughs> The way, the way Ricky made it out is as if you had something you wanted to say. Anything that I, anything I want to say can't be found on the Outsider's Edge podcast. Only on Chair Shot and Social Suplex. It's the... Just if like, you want to plug your show. That wasn't the goal, but you know, we're in Rome. <laughs> I was thinking that just like a man wearing too many necklaces, you wanted to get something off your chest. <laughs> that wasn't bad. That was pretty good. Yeah. That was pretty good. Um, You guys, I've seen the agenda, so you guys aren't talking about it. So anything I want to talk about of that's of in- interesting note to me, Uh, yeah, we'll get to that another time. But uh, I will say this. I haven't quite caught up yet, but the Blackpool card looks awesome. Ooh. We will be talking about that shortly. We will be. We don't. I don't know the entire card. I'm guessing it's a a five match card, and I know four of yes. them. Yes. Yes, five. Right. I'm trying to think. Right. We'll get. We'll get to that shortly then. Right. So, Johnny Boots and Tights is back. Um. So, we're getting changes in WWE, and apparently one of them is that John Cena's back. Right. So far. We have seen positive things from Cena. He was laughed at by Becky Lynch last week, and this week he raised the hands of Seth Rollins and Finn Balor, giving him the rub, so to speak. That's all well and good. But I'm, I've just seen since, let me think, I would even include the, the WrestleMania match with the mixed tag, mixed tag with the, the Miz and Nikki Bella and... Maurice. See, since then, I think he's personally been a damage to the product or he's not offered anything. Uh, he killed off Baron Corbin. He did nothing for the Survivor Series match. He had this um, woe-me, ego-nonsense thing going on with The Undertaker. Uh, and then he had his morals for the Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia match. He also turned up at Saudi, um, Super Showdown in Australia. All those other guys in that match had done the donkey work for weeks on TV and he just shows up, does his sixth move, sixth move of doom and then does a promo and walks away. And now he's back and he's apparently given the rub to all these wrestlers. I've just not... I've been so let down by many part-timers over the last year or so and now it's just a case of I've not got any trust in what they're going to do with him. If he is going to be a prominent feature going forward in the lead-up to WrestleMania, I will say this two things there's people out there in the world the IWC that are not happy with certain wrestlers not getting pushed right at the end of the day John Cena's inclusion in the product in a small part I'm not saying it's all his fault in some small part his any segment that he's on any matches he's in could have been given to someone else so if 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 there's fans of both people if you're fans of the guys that aren't getting used and you're a fan of Cena, 
I'm sorry, but listen, Cena's taking that person's spot when he's, for me, not not required anymore. That's that's it. If you want to say anything, I'll let you go. I just kind of guess that you don't like John Cena very much. That's just my my guess of that. <sighs> I mean, I'm, you can tell I'm a wee bit sort of lost for words. It's hard to put into words. Android, no, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's it had a good run through 2015 through 16, start of 17. Then it just went off the rails for me personally, and. It does nothing for me. I don't want to see him in the product anymore. I think it's a step back. And I know Carl won't be happy with that. Carl's been calling me out privately. But no, it's fine. He doesn't listen to us anyway. <laughs> he does. Yeah, we're going to make the point, yes. <laughs> it's a very good point. Can, can I make a comparison to you? Yes. And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not being a dick. It's a legitimate question. To you, what's the difference between Cena's past two years and Jericho's last two years? Because they both come and go, but when they come, they do time. Like, Cena doesn't really come off for one-off shows unless it's not in America. Most of the times, if he's here, he's doing two, three, four, five, six months. Like Jericho. Jericho's was a... I think Jericho's was a lot longer, though. I mean, this last time it was, yeah, because he had so much fun. He kept adding months and months onto uh-huh. it. But originally it was done in, what, six months? I, I do see where you're coming from. For me, I guess the difference is I would have to say since the Road Reigns match, I don't know if Cena's had a single good match. I think even when Jericho was coming back, even if it was for a month or a week or just a one-off kind of match, like we were still getting solid matches. Um, I, I, I don't know what it is about. I think, obviously, the passion and the drive isn't quite there as it was, say, 10 years ago for obvious reasons. He's got other things that he's doing. That's fine. When he comes back in Clive, um, I don't want to see what I'm a Cena defender here. When he comes back, it's a bit still is a big deal. And to be quite frank, he doesn't need to do any of the work. Really, he just he turns up and people are going to tune in because of who he is. I'm not, I'm not a fan of that kind of thing. But I think ever since the Roman match, it's just been this. It's been quite goofy, Cena in a sense. Now, don't get me wrong. Like even some of the stuff that's happened with Undertaker, I found some of that quite entertaining. Maybe not in a good way, I don't like, you know, but it was still something that I was mildly interested in. Um, just because I really want to see that kind of match, but it should have happened many years ago. But we wouldn't have seen the epic Cena run up the ramp, you know, if it wasn't going through this <laughs> midlife crisis. Um, it was worth it. It was worth it all. <laughs> just for that. Um, <coughs> no, like, I think if he comes back and we get to see, like, the kind of type of matches he was having about two or three years ago. You know, I'm happy with that. I'm fine with that. Um, I say it's just, ever since the Roman match, it's just been very strange. The Corbin match as well. Mm. But, uh, like I say, I'm not, I'm not a fan of Cena, but see if he does come back and he puts in, he gives us some solid matches and some good matches, because he's, he's more than capable of having some great matches. We know that. 
It's just like I say, it's for the last sort of 18 months or however long it's been, it's just been quite strange. He's just, it's as if he, it really does feel like we're witnessing a man going through his midlife crisis when we see him. I mean, I understand where you're coming from. He does draw, he gets more, whatever, YouTube. Interest. Interest. I'm speaking purely from a selfish point of view. I won't deny that. I just, I don't want to see John Cena on my telly. I respect that, but can I, and again, I know you well enough. We've had this conversation many times personally. Um, I'm not trying to stick up for John because eventually you get to a point where either you're too big for the business or it's time for you to step away from the business. It happens to everybody. Mm -hmm. No problem with that. And I appreciate that he's as big as he is and he still cares about it enough to want to do something. I appreciate that. But if, and this is a big if, if Cena is booked in a way where he helps fledgling guys who we know are talented, but the crowd hasn't gotten the reason to get behind them, like, say, an Andrade Cien Almas, or like a Mustafa Ali, or if we're going to go on Raw, like an Elias in a, in a babyface standpoint, if he can help those guys get to the next level, has he done his job? Has he got many people to the next level over the last few years? Has he been in this position in the last few years? Because every time he's come back, he's always been still as our esteemed, your esteemed co-host calls him, Johnny Boots and Tights. Now he really is old man John Cena trying to get a check. It's a way different dude. I can, look, I, for me, I'll get on board with Cena as long as we get, like, solid matches. That's just been my big gripe from these last, let's say, these last, this last 18 months was we just weren't getting many good matches. And the thing that kind of annoyed me as well was I know it probably all tied in to his storyline, but how he went from chasing the Raw uh, Universal title, then got himself inserted into the SmackDown um, match. Like, stuff like that just kind of annoyed me. But like, if we get Cena coming back, putting on good matches, so be it. As I say to, to Clive early in the show, to me, I don't care if you're 60 years old or if you're old or you're part-time, as long as you can still go... I'm happy as long as long as you can still put on good matches. That's what matters. If, if you get someone coming back like Taker at the moment, who just is putting on good matches, it's like I don't want to watch that. But as long as you can put on good matches, I'm on board. Maybe we'll get John Cena um, versus Bumblebee at Mania. They've done stranger things. <laughs> Would not be shocked. <laughs> Well, I did say for a while, but I don't think it now that it was going to be Cena that would beat Brock. It's oh, still on the table. That's still on the table. Oh, See, I think it will be Seth well, now. Well, it looks like Seth, but essentially Seth and Edge are getting the same push right now, right? Yeah, we discussed that earlier, yeah. Yep. Uh, I, and look, I don't want to see it either, but for a 60-plus thousand crowd in New York... The most hated guy in the business against the GOAT, people are calling him now. Cena beats Brock in the middle of the ring, ends the whatever with the undisputed title, uh, whatever it's called, <laughs> universal, the red, the red belt, yeah. the red belt, 
and uh, <laughs> vanquishes the beast, breaks the record, has the most record of all. Like that's a big moment that maybe us three don't really care about as much, but at least there's a there's that's a that's a means to an end, right? You get the belt off of Brock, you give Cena the one record we knew he was always gonna get, and we get to move on. We didn't get a chance to do that with Roman because of that dastardly leukemia. We get a chance to do it now because it ain't gonna be Braun unless anybody unless any of y'all thinking otherwise. No, I think I say just to Clive. Um, when was I? I can't remember. It was on WhatsApp. Anywhere I says to you that Cena's going to be the one that beats Brock, and he gets to beat Flair's quote unquote record. Um, so, and like I say, is that has that moment has to take place at WrestleMania. It can't take place at a payback or a TLC. Agreed. It's a Wrestle. It's a WrestleMania quote unquote moment, uh, and that's why that was my justification for it. I just think we're now maybe going to go with Seth. Um, but, you know, like, see, at the end of the day, like, I don't want to drop the title. I don't want a part-timer to beat another part-timer for the title. But I've seen us going to be sticking around for the next <clears> three <throat> or four months, or at least till SummerSlam, on a, on a full-time-ish kind of contract, or certainly TV-wise. You know, I'm happy enough with that. It's Like I said, it just all comes back to we want a title off Brock and we want a full-time guy to hold it or someone who's at least going to be on TV at least every other week. Or, real quick, or if Cena wins it on Sunday and gets challenged by Drew McIntyre on Monday and loses and you have a full-time champ, the guy who beat the guy who beat the streak and the biggest and the most championship reigns ever, Drew's made. That's the biggest show. That's the biggest Raw of the year, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I can get on board with that, but I suppose the cynical side of me might be like, why didn't you just give Drew that moment? But I know that moment is for Cena, but, you know, actually, it's, I know we're kind of veered away from Cena, but it's more just about getting that title off Brock. And it's not going to be Braun. Like we've said it, we've both said it, all three of us said it. They've not given us any reason to believe it's going to be Braun. I don't see why it would be Braun now. Um, if it was going to be brought, it was going to be what was it this time last year or the match no they had? Yep. No um, if it never gave, you know, they've, they've had. Was it, this is now going to be the fourth chance, yeah. maybe the fifth. The fifth have been called the the fatal four way. So they've had opportunities which have not done. Um, so it's not going to be Braun. It's definitely not going to be Braun. I think it was foolish having Braun challenge be the challenger for the title. Weeks and that weeks after elbow surgery, that that's just baffles me. I don't understand why he's included because, as far as I'm aware, he's not been active. I'm not sure about house shows, but he's not done anything. I don't. Note. I don't think he's been cleared. No. So which exactly. makes me which which makes me think maybe they didn't realise just how bad it was going to be or how long the recovery. I don't know. But they must be confident enough that he's going to be fine for rest for Royal Rumble for him to go ahead and book it in such advance. Yeah, no. It, it, what it what it seems like to me is they put themselves in the corner with how they did the Greatest Royal Rumble match, and the only person that would make some semblance of sense to get the next title shot would be the guy who got screwed. Yep. Right. Um, but I, it, it it really does look like, and they've shown videos of it, and Braun's done videos himself on his Instagram and Twitter at the Polar Plunge and all the things. It looks like he's going to be cleared. It's just he's not cleared yet. Right. And Braun isn't a compelling character outside of being, a, excuse me, a monster. 
So, and Brock ain't never there. So, we already didn't care about the match before, but now, like, that shit Monday was garbage. Oh, that's right. That was, uh, I think, I think I actually saw Braun try and remember his lines because he was muttering away to himself. Oh, it's just, that was, that was bad. The, the, the talking, the, the, trying to say his lines underneath his breath, the long waits between when Paul and Brock said something and when he said something, and then the stupid insults, all right, beastie boy. Like, bro, that's not funny. It's not cute. I, I feel like hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Do y'all have that phrase in Scotland? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So everybody who was clamoring for Braun to be the man, and I do not doubt that there was a chance at the time he should have won the title. I'm not going to say that. But hindsight's twenty twenty. Braun not ready, dog. He's not. When it comes to the actual matches, they have creative or whoever have made him look naive almost every time now. Um, The first match, he didn't take into account Brock's MMA background. The second one, the fatal four-way was just carnage. You can't really compensate for that. In a good way. uh The the triple threat, he tried to body power slam Kane twice, which was just... He could have won it if he didn't do the second one, and Saudi Arabia was just fucking stupid. But so they've made him, they've made him look naive so many times. I've not they've not trained me to think differently. <clears throat> and I, I really like Bron, but I've always said his matches are repetitive. It's the same thing you're kind of watching just with someone else. A lot of people's matches um, are repetitive though. No, but his are more so it's just sort of organised chaos or running around like killing people and that kind of like it ties in with who he is. Like, he has a monster and that, that is his offence where he just kind of overpowers everyone. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I feel like you've kind of got to have something else to you other than that. You've got to be able to to offer another side of yourself. Like, because guys like Brock, if he wanted to, can... And much I don't like him, but Brock could throw about anyone he wanted in the ring like he does. But then he could go toe to toe with like a Bret Hart in like the greatest technical match if he really wanted to. Eddie Guerrero. Yep. And he, he, what we're seeing now of Brock is just this beast. But what we saw prior to all this was like arguably like like a complete wrestler. He literally had everything he still does, and we see glimpses of it. And that's just what Braun lacks. And it's tough to compare someone like Brock to Braun because of like Braun, like we say, even when he came up was green, when he went singles he was green. But he has improved, but he's not like I say he's not added the depth or the layers to his actual his character and his actual in ring wrestling ability. Um I'd know I like, th- like don't get me wrong, like I've I've wanted Braun to win a title for a long time, but like you say, there's been too many things that have happened now for it for it to happen and to be quite frank for me for for me to want it to happen as well like I don't care if he wins it now I think his, his in-ring ability has improved for a time oh, it has for a time it was exponentially I don't think his I think it might have plateaued but also his, in, his character's not progressed at all he's not he's big moment Bron but he's not big match Bron I, I think a good way to put every put what you guys are saying in, in kind of a microcosm is if you take away the bells and whistles, he's nothing special. Mm-hmm. And every wrestler has bells and whistles, but the ones at the top of the card, 
Moose just said perfect. If you take away Brock's bells and whistles, he's still damn good in that ring, and he's still he's still compelling. Most of the top guys, if you take away their bells and whistles, or take away the yes move from Daniel Bryan, and you take away the um, the phenomenal the gear and everything from AJ or whoever you want to pick, you take away the shield and the best from Roman or what, they're still compelling characters in and out of the ring. Mm-hmm. Braun is not that. Braun, the way he stays compelling is by the bells and whistles. He has to continue to do monstrous things. He has to continue to destroy people in ways we've continued to never see before. And kudos to creative for continuing that to find ways we've never thought of before or seen before. Most importantly, if you're going to be a top of the card wrestler in the WWE, especially a champion, you have to be able to carry segments without physicality. He cannot do that. That's That's why he's not pushed at the top. That was uh, that was bad stuff in Monday, definitely. Um, shall we move on? There's still a couple of things that I'd like to discuss. We might not spend too much time on them, but we will mention the, the sad passing of Gene Okerlund last week. And that was a sad one. I, I didn't realise it was... I thought he was older. Was it 76? Yeah, 76. I, I, thought, I thought he was actually older, but... That was a sad one, and the tribute video that they had on Monday night was it was touching, it was good, and it was the favourite one I had was when him and Dusty were dancing. Don't know if you remember that, but it's it's been used for Dusty's tribute videos quite a lot as well. That's just a good one to see, but it was given. I mean, it's, it's hard to really find a positive out of this. It does seem on paper that all right, okay, let's bring Hulk Hogan back. I know that Hulk Hogan and Gene Okerlund were. Good friends, but they didn't need Hulk Hogan to come in for that, considering what's been happening with him recently. So, if you don't mind, Rance, I use I assume <clears throat> this will be addressed on the Outsiders' Edge. So, folks, tune into that. So, don't give everything away at this moment in time. Oh no, I'm let this is exclusive. So, I'm let y'all have it. Uh I don't. So like we spoke about, I don't think it was a case of we need to wait for someone to pass away or specifically someone to pass away to get Hogan on. I think it just, the stars aligned. I don't even know if that's the right way to put it because it's not a nice thing to say about someone passing away. Like For me, it was always a case of when Hulk Hogan was going to come back on to TV. Excluding Saudi Arabia, I think, when he was going to come back to a Raw Smackdown or a pay-per-view in America. It wasn't if, especially after the reinstatement, etc., in the back of the Hall of Fame, it was always, when is this going to happen? And if you don't want to look at it in a cynical point of view, yes, it makes sense because Hogan and Mean Gene were, like, you know, they were side by side throughout the entire time. Like, real close. So it makes sense for someone like Hogan to come on and pay tribute to him. But we're cynical that we feel like they were hoping for something else to happen. That's the cynical side of us coming out. No. The reality is, like, see, I don't even... It's not even that he was on TV. It's, what gets to me is some of the things that people have, are still saying. Like, you have seen it. Rich brought up on Twitter that some of the comments that people are leaving on his article, and it's like... Uh, you know, you don't get to tell someone who has been 
racial abuse to get over it or let bygones be bygones. Or just someone who's been personally affected by it. Without an actual proper apology being given. Like, I can't speak for Rance or Richard, James or Jeremy or anyone, right? But if, like, I've been racially abused, but if someone gives me a sincere apology, it'll be a case of, right, do you know what? I don't I don't like what you've done, but you've at least, you're man enough to apologise. Let's move past. We may not be best friends. I may not speak to you again, but we'll move on from it. He never apologised. It was always, just be careful what you're saying, or just be careful you're not getting recorded or something. It's like, how difficult is it for you just to say, I'm sorry? Save some face, even if you don't really believe it. Like, just just save some face. Make it look like you're sincere about it. But he's not even going to do that. So, like for me, the biggest thing isn't the fact that he was back on TV because, like, if you didn't think that was going to happen and you're naive and you were kidding yourself, he was always going to come back on TV at some point, especially after being put back into the Hall of Fame. Well, but it's the reaction of some people who now feel the need to sit everyone to say, "Well, you should just get over it, or you should forgive him, or he's he's apologised." No, he hasn't apologised. No, you don't get to tell the black man to get over it because you never suffered it. Mm-hmm. I can't even do that, and I'm I'm a part of like an ethnic minority group. I can't tell likes of brands to get over it and just get on with life. Well, it doesn't work with that. I'll tell you to get over it, and I'll tell you to buy the new T-shirt on <laughs> WWEshop.com. Come the fuck on, bro! Like really, new merch show? What? what, what? Um, you you guys are spot on. Um, you guys are spot on. I I want to make a couple of salient points. And I'm, I'm trying to carry on because, my God, I'm so sick of talking about this motherfucker. You just have no idea. Oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, I guess... God. Um, first and foremost, let me say this. Hulk Hogan did not commit a crime. Actually, Hulk Hogan had a crime committed upon him. This is important to note. He was taped against his will and blackmailed with that tape. That is a crime. We have to admit that. We have to accept that. It is what it is. However... The things he said on that tape were so incendiary and so strikingly honest that the excuse of, well, I didn't know the tape was recording, does not exclude or excuse what he said. Okay? I will never begrudge a man, even the worst of men, to earn a living. Won't do it. We, If you're not in jail, we, have, we all have that right. I will never begrudge a man to continue to make a living in the field in which he has expertise in. So for me, I'm not going to be, I'm not mad that Hulk is back in WWE. I'm not mad that he's back in the, in the, uh, that he's back in the hall of fame. I'm not even mad that he was eventually going to come back to TV because you're right. You're stupid. If you thought he was never coming back on TV, here's the problem. Number one, and please correct me if I'm wrong with the exception of a wrestler who was currently on the roster and died, WWE has never brought in a person for a tribute. Never. Think about that. Tell me if I'm wrong. Tell me if I'm wrong, but think about it. Other than Owen or uh, Eddie, like the people who died in the ring or currently wrestling there, it's never happened. So that's number one. That's why why it was a a specific... Point to get Hulk back on TV in the perfect situation. Number two, you advertised it ahead of time. That means you want people to watch Hogan come back. 
it didn't have to be advertised. Had it came out, has it, had he come out as a surprise? Okay, you know what? Fair game. That they were best friends. They've been together since '79. I can accept that. Most importantly, you you had the merch, but you brought him in. You brought him out in in front of the crowd. Nothing to WWE or to wrestling in general is more important than the live than the live aspect. Live aspect and talent is what makes the business. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you throwing him out in front of that live audience lets you lets me know that you don't care what he did because you know you're gonna put him in front of that crowd and he's at the mercy of that crowd. And what did he get? Primarily all cheers. And what did they do? They zoomed in on a black dude who was cheering. They did. So they did. So you don't care. Also saw also saw yeah, about a guy with his camera out recording as well. Exactly. So you don't care how we feel, and more importantly, you don't care what he did. That's disheartening to me as a fan. It's expected, but it's disheartening to me. Disappointed, so, but not surprised. I'm, I'm not surprised, but I'm disappointed. And the, the saddest thing in all of this is, I don't care about the Gene tribute no more. Hmm. That's 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 that is quite sad. He, yes, it's it overshadowed all, completely. All, all, all we're talking about is Hogan. Absolutely, which is why if you was really his friend, if you was really his boy, I'm not gonna overshadow that shit. Let it live. I, what I'll do is, Vince, you want me to come back? Let's record something backstage, throw it on the network after the show. I don't need to come in front of the, in front of the crowd, but Hogan's such a fucking attention whore and a shield for himself, he had to be in front of the damn crowd. Thank God he didn't have the 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 gall to wear his new merch. At least he wore the jean shirt. I mean, when you think about it, they've actually got previous with Ultimate Warrior's homophobic tirades back in the day and then he got back on TV. Um, Fuck, they've got the Warrior Award or whatever it's called. I know. I'm convinced the Illuminati killed him off. That was too too random coincidence timing for him to just appear for the first time on Raw in Raw in years, and then he dies. That's Illuminati at work, guys. Either Illuminati or he knew I'm about to die. So let me go ahead and get this last paycheck real uh, quick. Probably. That's what I think. That's what I think. Right. That's a. And the last thing on Hogan, it's not even that one, but I I disliked Hogan even before this incident. So it's not even like my hatred towards Hogan is based on what he said or what he's done. I never liked Hogan prior to it anyway. And this is just kind of something else to say, like, that's another reason why I don't like him. The other reason why you don't like him is because he vanquished Muhammad Hassan at WrestleMania 21. Yes, my father. (laughs) (laughs) So does that make you you and the the Davari boys brothers? Yes, <laughs> Ricky Davari. <laughs> uh, right, we'll end on a, a positive note. We've got the NXT UK's first takeover this weekend in Blackpool, which Ricky will be in attendance with his wife as well. Um, you guys, both of you, have fallen behind, and I've joked with both of you about catching up. Who will do it first? I, apart from tonight, I am up to date. It's when it was announced, I was unsure that they could pull it off in terms of getting getting bedded in, getting to know a lot more of the characters, but 
they've had a lot of double episodes. It's been it's been enjoyable TV. This thing they've got going on just now with Scots versus English. I mean, this week I can't wait to see it. They've got a six man tag between British Strongstyle and Gallus. That's that's a, a fire. Fire. By the way, what, is, what does Gallus mean? It's got to mean something. Uh, how, it's just uh, I think I'm I think I'm brilliant. I think I'm mega. I'm the talk okay. of the town. I'm the king of the world. Okay. It's like a, it's like a, is it a British or is it just a Scottish term? Just Scottish. Mm. Pure dead brilliant, by the way. <laughs> uh, so that's what Gallus means. But uh, Joe Coffey's been fantastic the last few weeks. Um, to the point where I'm rooting for him to beat Pete Dunne on uh, on Saturday night, and I am a big Pete Dunne mark. But this is purely this is this is Braveheart all over again, guys. Feels <laughs> like it, doesn't it? And it, even it his his nickname is the Iron King. Like it really feels like <laughs> William Wallace came back. Right. And, um, Joe Coffey will be walking out with his his Glasgow Celtic badge and shorts. This proud Scotsman will be in in the crowd. And I'll be waving my England flag in support of Pete Dunne. <laughs> you... No, Bet Money comes out with the blue and white face paint in, in the in the in the corner, like in the diagonal thing. Oh, oh Bet Money, he does that. Saltire, I'd pop. No, he'll come out in the the green, white, and gold tricolor. Celtic. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I'll think he'll just come out with his usual gear. But the, you've also got now. With the way things work, we record this episode, this podcast when it airs on the network, so I'm always behind. I don't know the full card yet, so if what the four matches that have been announced, as far as I'm aware, you've got the women's match between Tony Storm and Rhea Ripley. You Fire. Have, yep. You've got Eddie Dennis. Now, we, Rance and I had hyped up his, his hype videos. And then when he came in, we thought, "What is? What's this? What? Why is? I mean, he makes Ricky's fashion look top notch. The, the my fashion is good though. Well, you should. yeah, yeah, of course. But Eddie Dennis seems to have found a yin and yang with um, our favourite Dave Mastiff. They've been battering lumps out of each other for the last few weeks now, and it'll be a no DQ match on Saturday. Really looking forward to that one. And we've got the fire. Tag- yep, that will be excellent. And you've got the tag titles to crown the new tag champs between Mustache Mountain and this is a bit of a spoiler for myself because I've not watched it yet, but it's going to be Zach Gibson and James Drake. Now I'd say, Fire. see, I'd said to Ricky before we started, James Drake and Zach Gibson are they're called the grizzled young vets on the the indie scene. No bloody wonder these guys are fantastic. They take I wouldn't exactly say they're like the revival. But they've got that old school heel tag team cut off the ring. They're very good with the, the chain wrestling, using chain wrestling to their advantage to stop hot tags. They did that at one point a couple of matches ago and I, I popped and it was just stopping a hot tag by making sure they still uh, had the wrist of someone. I thought, that's just great. Fantastic. Did they remind you of, of Regal and Taylor? Who? Hmm. William, aka Stephen Regal and Dave Taylor. Oh, I thought you said Ringo and Taylor. Um, oh, we... sorry, that's that's my that's my that's my accent, sir. Sorry. <laughs> I apologize. Uh, t- a tad. There was more. There was more brute with 
Regal and Taylor. I think there's just there's a there's almost a suaveness to what Gibson and Drake are doing. I mean, it's cutthroat, but it's still okay. there's a, a quiet, calm confidence to what they're doing. So that's going to be a fantastic match. Now, the fifth match, I'm not sure what it is. Rance, you do know? Do you, do you want to know? Yeah, I was like, I, I, we can tell you. And it's <laughs> and this is the last episode, so it's not a spoiler. Right. Okay. Go for it. It's um, Travis Bank and Jordan Devlin. Okay, that's good. Jordan Devlin's been doing well for himself. He's the the Irish ace. He's got a that's the hat opener. Yeah, yeah, fantastic finishing move. Uh, I've been waiting for this Jordan Devlin to unearth since the second tournament. I think that there's actually a kind of story arc with him going on. So I've enjoyed his work. Travis Banks not sold on him yet. Uh, he's a good wrestler, but I've not seen much else to get me invested in him. So that's a a good that's a right decent card to start. The Jordan Devlin will not be babyface, Clive. It's not happening. This is not ICW. I know. He's just he's a he's a like a liked lad in ICW, but he's he's doing well. He's he doesn't like to be under Balor's shadow, but I think a good nickname for him, especially if there is some sort of crossover between all these brands, is it could be called the Anti Balor. Do you know what I mean? Oh, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Trademark that. Get your money, bro. Yep. So, how many episodes have you got to watch before you're up to date with the takeover, Rance? I played the fifth. Oh, <laughs> Ricky. <laughs> I've, hey, I've read the I've read the results of every show. Okay, Ricky, you. I will be up to date by the time I leave for Blackpool on Saturday morning. Good. Because, like I say, I say that on a show, I've watched like maybe. An hour, but I'll say two hours of wrestling between in the last three weeks. Like I didn't want to watch anything at all. I just kind of want to switch off. But I said to you earlier on, or last week, I was going to start catching up on everything before I went to takeover, and I'll be full up to date come Saturday morning. How how long does it take for you to get to Blackpool? About three hours and fifteen minutes. No. It's quite a straight road, to be honest. Oh, you should have said three, um, three hours and 16 minutes and we could have got a, a 3.16 there. <laughs> Be uh, better, no, it's, a, it's, it's a straight road, so it's easy enough to get to. Straight down, get to, to around about Preston. You're not going to understand this at all, Rance. And then just cut across country, so... And then just going to be driving straight back up after that, after the show. Um, yeah, I'm going with, with, my, with my wife... That's not my podcast wife, my actual my wife who I said some vows to. Um, <laughs> unfortunately. But no, that's I'm really looking forward to it. And and the great thing is that she's actually kinda of excited, so this will be her first ever wrestling show. And to be honest, I don't think she quite understands what she's about to watch. Um like I said, when I first asked her to go, she turned around and goes, Yeah, I'll go. Is it gonna be um, guys wearing spandex or tight clothes rolling about um, on the floor uh, but yeah that's what it's going to be like and her, kind, her eyes kind of lit up you know so um, <laughs> you know, she, so got when, the, she got the wrong idea about the show yes so when Rhea Ripley and Tony Storm come walking out you know I'm sure she'll be trying to cover my eyes but well, no, just, you can, I'm, you, I'm looking forward to this you can so cover. I think top to bottom it's five great great matches Um I'm kind of wondering 
if Triple H will make an appearance. Oh, probably. Because he, you know, he come to, he used to come out cutting promos at times before takeover and stuff. And he's, but I'm, I'm, I'm thinking he might. This is the first um, one, though. He'll, he'll do it for yep. sure. Yep. Well, um, Ricky, well, well, your wife will be covering your eyes. Just make sure that your wife isn't drooling too much when Dave Mastiff comes down the ring. <laughs> Speaking uh, of that, I have one request of your wife, of Mrs. Yep. Ricky. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> Chill, oh, sir. No, we're going to do this live on air. <laughs> Chill, sir. <laughs> Chill. This is PG. This is a PG. Well, it's not a PG show, but um, I, I, I request that she wears actual shoes and not flip-flops or some type of sandals so that when Zach Gibson comes out, she's prepared. Yeah, no, when, like, a typical female, that don't want to sound sexist or insult anyone, she's already planning what she's wearing. Then Damn, again, already? So so, so have I. I've already told her what I'm wearing, so... <laughs> you probably figured that out last... Like, when you bought the tickets last month. Yeah, I knew what I was wearing. Um, <laughs> so, the actual card itself, it's five really, really good matches. Um, I'm just going to quickly tell you who I think the winners will be and my reasoning for it. I think Pete Dunn retains. Mm. The reason for that is because... It's NXT UK still in its infancy stage. Um, I feel like you need him, the biggest name in British wrestling, to be the face of it for the time being. I think he'll probably be here maybe throughout the summer before ultimately going over to NXT Florida. Um, so I, I'm thinking they need. I think they will want Pete Dunne to kind of spearhead this infancy <laughs> stage. And, and be the catalyst to getting NXT UK on a par or somewhere near what uh, what actual NXT is. <sighs> Rhea Ripley and Tony Storm. I think Tony Storm wins. I think. I think one of these. I think the loser, and I think could be Rhea Ripley. I think we could see her in NXT soon. Uh, it's too, kind too of, early. I don't. Well, my reason for that was kind of ties in, in a sense, what we were talking about earlier on, where we might see some NXT women coming up at some point in the next couple of months, as well as post WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm going to go with Mustache Mountain for the kind of same reasons I went with Pete Dunn. Um, established stars, great tag team, great individual wrestlers, well known, and like I say, it's inaugural. Um, NXT UK tag team titles so you kind of want your biggest names to hold it initially like I said just at this stage because I think all three of them will go over to America all at the same time where they'll kind of all drop the titles around about the same time I'm going to go with Dave Mastiff purely because yes. we love Dave Mastiff <laughs> cue the giant um, Nicholson gif <laughs> yep and I'm going to go with Jordan Devlin yep He's, he's, he's actually really, really good. I think once, you, once people get past the whole, oh, you're just a Finn Balor knockoff or whatever, I think people, once you get, once people kind of realise he's not that, or he's not trying to be that, like, you'll realise he's a pretty damn good wrestler. Have you seen that ripcord side suplex he does? Yes. Oh, my word. He's, he's he really is, he's, to be fair, I was one of those, when the first time I saw him, I was like, you are trying to be thin so badly, and maybe maybe he is, who knows, but like, once you get past that nonsense and you just kind of get to see how good he is in the ring, I think that that's what blows you away. Um, uh-huh. Well, I said five really, really good matches. Um, 
And like I say, for me, I'm I'm really excited about it, the fact that it's our first ever uh, takeover, well, NXT UK takeover. Um, it's just unfortunate it's not going to be the both of us going down, but you know, the wife, she's she's a good she's a good second option. <laughs> I wouldn't even <laughs> I wouldn't even be watching it live. Um, Saturday night is movie night in the Casa Clive, so it'll be Sunday morning when I'm watching it. Rance, it's two o'clock for you. One o'clock, actually. One o'clock, and I'm so hyped because I love day shows. I love being able to watch a show that's live and look outside my my window and it's still daytime. daytime. I love that. That's kind of like us. When we finish watching pay-per-views, we look outside and it's fucking daytime. <laughs> yeah, but see, that's morning. I'm talking about like I got day left. <laughs> oh, so do we. We've got like a full... 18 hours left. That's, that's true. You got the full. Yeah, I'm tired. Um, can I make my prediction real quick? Uh-huh. Yep. Um, I think Travis Banks is going to win because for some reason they love Travis Banks. Cool. I think... Um, uh, same here. <laughs> right? Yeah. He's, I mean, he's, he's cool. He's good. He's just not... He hasn't hit yet. No. Um, of course, Bomber Dave Mastiff is going to destroy Eddie Dennis. He's going to sit on him. Literally. Yeah. Um, Mustache Mountain, because, my God, nobody deserves tag titles in the business more than Mustache Mountain. They're killing it right now. Um, I'm going to go with Tony Storm, and my reasons are really, really messed up. But uh, she's had a really bad couple of weeks, and I feel like that's was, going to be... Sorry to cut you off. I was going to say that, but I didn't... I feel like that's kind of help make the decision if you know what I mean maybe I think they were always going to go with it but I think once everything she's been through they were like no do you know what she needs some good in her life after some scumbag release those photos yeah agreed agreed but it's not it's not it's not like a, oh we're just giving you this it's like because of oh, no, it, it's, yeah it's, it's not it's that pity yep. Yeah. yep yep um and I have a feeling that Clive is going to agree with me on this but I think Joe Coffey wins. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna. Do you want to jump in real quick? Because I, I have a reason why. I have a legitimate reason why. On you go. Normally, the first takeover, something big happens. You have to set the standard and the precedent. If Pete Dunne wins, it's you know keep on moving as usual. Joe Coffey knocking him off the perch will be something that will never be forgotten because Pete Dunne's held the title for 600 plus days. And most importantly, I do not see British Strong Style ending the night as all champions. So now you can actually rightfully have a genuine Gallus versus British Strong Style feud and because the titles are switched. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, um, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, if Joe Coffey was to win and NXT... we. Just to let you know, listeners, we call it NU because NXT UK is a bit of a mouthful, so we'll call it NU going forward. NU is still in its infancy. And what bigger statement can you make than having the person who's held the title for over 600 days now lose it to Joe Coffey? That would be be fucking huge. I think that uh, that would set social media alight. That would be a big deal, so... And there's just a bias, the whole Scottish thing. But I think... Celtic thing as well. Yeah, the Celtic thing. I just... But I think it feels as if there's a change coming. 
And what, and what better way to make a, a, a heel stable look dominant early on than to have one of them with the big title? Let, let, let me put you. Let me put you on some game. I don't know if y'all thought about yet. Ever wonder why the tag title match wasn't Wolfgang and Mark Coffey versus British Strong Style? Mm, because they'll do that later. Yes, but because they want the focus to be on Joe in the main event. Right. Maybe they'll help, they'll come out and help. Well, I mean, have they not? Every match they've had, something has happened where they've all got involved and whatnot. I'm calling it now. The referee will send Wolfgang and Mark away, but Joe Coffey will retain. Oh, sorry, win the title. And, and by the way, you guys know these guys guys better than me. When they initially got together, I wouldn't expect that Joe Coffey to be the front man. I thought it would have been Wolfgang. I think. Oh, I just, if, and for the record, some... they made the right choice. Uh-huh. I'm saying they made the right choice. I think I think some people may not like what I'm about to say, but Wolfgang's reputation, or because he's been on, uh, he's known more than the Coffee Brothers. He's been on a WWE program before. I think that's what why people might have thought that. But when it comes to the actual wrestling part, I'm not a big uh, fan. Of Wolfgang the wrestler. I mean, he's um, a, he's a. And it was. So and you go There are two reasons why I thought he would have been the guy. He was in the first tournament. Yeah. He's. I know what you're saying about his wrestling. He is a a legend in Scotland. He's one of. He's a big deal in ICW, right? And just naturally, the Coffee Brothers. That sounds like a tag team to me. Hundred percent. So, but they have went with the right one because Joe Coffey, um, he's going full heel in ICW as well. He's been cutting sick promos all over the place, and he's doing well. He's got this, he's a brute. He's got this brutal move set. Um, he's he's very articulate for a Scot, and that's that's a good thing because not many of us are articulate for a, a global audience. So here's the living proof right here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, he's just—he's just the best out of the three. He's, yes, he's the most confident. He's the most um, natural. He's the biggest star. Uh huh. It, it comes to him naturally. Uh, my other predictions are: I think it would probably will be British strong style. So at some point, you've got Wolfgang and Mark Coffey winning. At some point later, uh, Joe Coffey. Dave Mastiff, I'm a bit worried that he won't, but he's just love that guy. <laughs> just do. Jordan Devlin, and I see, I understand your reasons for why Tony Storm would win. I just think it's too early. It's a it's a brand new title. I wouldn't, I wouldn't hot shot it so quickly. But she did just win the Mae Young Classic. She's not like just some chick that's oh, hanging out, right? Like she's one of the hottest women in the company. She is, but at the same in the same breath, Rhea Ripley just won the women's UK title. So, it's. We, I, I I see one of these women in NXT in the next six months. Can we can we talk about that for a second? I really don't think that Paul is got Hunter, whatever you want to call him, is going to play that game. I think that unless they're coming to the main roster, 
or it's something like Pete's been doing where he's doing both. UK guys gonna say UK, and so do you not think then um, British Strong Style will ultimately end up on NXT before going to the main roster, or do you think they'll continue doing kind of what they're doing it now before going up to the main roster if they ever go there? That's a hard well, one. You you're gonna hate this answer, but I don't know that they're ever gonna go to the main roster, and that's not because they're not worthy. That's because oh, I don't hate that answer. I don't hate that answer. That's because I think I can't speak for Vince, but Triple H knows how important it is to globalize the 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 not only the country of of of, of Great Britain, but the continent of Europe, right? I think he understands that. That's why he signed Walter to literally, to literally sit at home. Right, because uh-huh. he understands how important it is when they get to Germany, they're gonna need that dude. Um, Pete, I think Pete and Pete, Trent, and Tyler are still gonna do NXT proper tours, but their home is gonna be, as you call it, NU. I think personally, and I don't know. Um, maybe Pete and those guys will get called up to the main roster eventually, but it's gonna be a minute. I mean, haven't you heard the rumors or the conjecture, if you will, about how Triple H is planning on keeping people in NXT and NXT and not calling up everybody? Wouldn't the perfect example for for, for that be to say, Pete, Trent, Tyler, I'm going to pay you guys main roster money to go ahead and run this run this division for me? I'd be happy with yeah. that. But I don't want to run a main roster. Yeah, I mean, just leave NXT, NU, leave it as it is for a year. Keep it going for a year and see what happens. Make Blackpool the make Blackpool the Brooklyn of NU, if you know what I mean. Or or make Glasgow the Brooklyn of oh. well, NXT UK. Whenever they do a stadium, and not and by the way, the Empress Ballroom is that's what's called, right? The Empress yep. Ballroom. Mm-hmm. It's fucking beautiful. Gotta let I love that arena, the stadium. But when they do a stadium like us, like O2, that's gonna be when they that's gonna be the one. Yeah. When when they get fifteen thousand, oh man, God, can you imagine I, a strictly UK show? A strictly UK show with UK or Commonwealth wrestlers only headlining the O2 arena. Can you imagine that? I know that'd be sensational. It's it's a promising thing for NU that's starting to bed in now. Good, it's looking because, good. Sorry, Clive, when you I was just going to say, um, what we'll do is we've touched on it a wee bit, but next week will primarily be a sort of takeover Blackpool review podcast. Um, but it's looking good at the moment for the the brand. Yeah, and like they could even come up and do a takeover at the Hydro. The Hydro up here runs holds somewhere between twelve and thirteen thousand. So, where's, where's the Hydro at? Is that in Glasgow? Yep. Glasgow, yep. Um, <clears throat> so, like, we even when when it was first announced, when we spoke about it on this podcast, I was adamant that they could have sold out the Hydro, they could have sold out the MEN, they could have sold out like a twelve, thirteen, fourteen thousand seater um, arena, purely because I think. I can understand the reason to go to Blackpool, but the demand is here and has been here for a while that I think they could sell that out four times a year without a doubt and not have to worry about that. And I think they could have started a, a big arena straight out of the gate if they wanted to 
but obviously went a different direction. But they could, like I say, I have no doubt if they if they put this at the O2, it would have sold out. There is something kind of majestic, pun intended, about going back to the home of the very first UK show. That's that right. Yep. Gorgeous building. I mean, when I tell you that that the chandeliers and the red and the and the gold just it it looks tremendous. Um, the only negative is there's not a whole lot of room. This it's, it's so everything is so on you. It, it's it's like yep. the perfect indie venue. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and it's, I think, I'm, like you I'm say, for you. And the reason, like you say, is it was just a, it was like a throwback to the first ever um, show there. And on top of that, I think they probably didn't want to go too big in the sense that they didn't want a half empty arena just in case the demand wasn't there, but the demand is there. Um, right and like like I could see them doing I don't know if they'll do a takeover now but they'll be definitely doing shows down at York Hall Bethnal Green which over here is like the O2 has kind of become it and now Wembley with AJ has kind of become our version of MSG where these big time boxing events will take place okay but York Hall is where the history is and that was MSG equivalent I would say just because of the history and everyone will tell you as much as great it was going to O2 or going to Wembley York Hall and Bethnal Green for a boxing show or a wrestling show or whatever that that meant a lot more than going to some of these other arenas well where, where is that at what's that in London okay okay so there's no halves sorry you I was going to say they're going to have to find for these big shows they're going to have to go to the bigger cities your Glasgow's or your um, London's or I I'd imagine they might do Cardiff you know they might do Cardiff just because it's but you know they're going to have to go to some of these bigger Newcastle maybe that's a big city isn't it yep Manchester yep they're going to have to go to these bigger cities go to Edinburgh as well (laughs) Edinburgh yes I was trying to think of the other city yes Aberdeen up here as well the three that would come to up here would be Glasgow, Edinburgh, and Aberdeen. Is Aberdeen um, that big? Because y'all stayed not too far from there. It's quite. It's high. Up, uh, it's high up north, but it is well populated. It is. It is. Um, and then further down south, like you said, Blackpool's always going to kind of be probably the Brooklyn. Um, then you could go places like you said, like Newcastle, like Manchester, like London. Um, you could go to Cardiff. You could go to Leeds as well if you wanted to. Yeah. So, Hell, if you really want to be funky, you can go down to Australia and have a takeover Australia since you're, they're including the Commonwealth countries. Uh, it should, they should have just called it NXT Commonwealth. <laughs> they should have, but I don't know if people would have got it like we get uh, it. <laughs> right. And I think the last thing is with the signing of Walter, um, and I know Triple H just spoke about wanting to have like performance centers or NXTs around the world, etc., It'll just be a case of when they'll decide to go to Germany as well. Um, and I suppose the good thing was that like, you could always have further down the line, like when you're NXT War Games, it could be the three brands of NXT kind of facing off against each other. I think it would be quite cool. Can you imagine a War Games between uh, Team UK versus Team Germany? <laughs> that would be cool. British Strong Style versus the Ring Camp guys? That would be crazy. Yeah. It's World War Two all over again, Mamma Mia! 
You know he would say it. You know he would uh-huh. say it. And a good thing about if it goes to Germany is that it's still quite a good vote. I'm assuming they'll treat it the same way they treat it here. It's for the fans there and they'll do it at their local time. It's still quite a good time for us as well. But, you know, they're only an hour or so ahead of us. So I'm excited to see where NXT UK goes and then see where they go from there. Um, but, yeah, specifically this Saturday, I'm... I'm really looking forward to it. Cause I remember, I remember the buzz when I first got the tickets because I didn't think I was going to be able to get tickets, and I somehow managed to get them. Um, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Really looking forward to it. Here's here's a question for you, Clive. Both of you actually, but I want I want I want I definitely want to know Clive's uh, answer. You know how we are. We're we're we as wrestling fans are big on moments, right? Mm-hmm. We kind of base our fandom on moments. This is the very first big show they're running. Does it have to be an overwhelming success for the brand to work? Uh, no. Okay. So then that lets me know that you think that they're going to be good without it. Like that the brand is... is the brand is essentially foolproof because if <clears throat> normally if you if you're worried about a brand you got to kill it the first night like ECW barely legal had to be yeah. great I mean, well there was no more ECW I'm going off WrestleMania one I'm going off your words overwhelming success so no it doesn't have to be but I think something like Joe Coffey who in my opinion does come off as a credible threat to Pete Dunne if he wins the title that is a big moment to take going forward and to be mentioned in the annals of history however long See, that I'm, history lasts I'm, I'm just thinking about like some some, some uh, popular first shows just look at the very first NXT arrival it was the first show on the network right and while the main event was good but it was like yeah, okay you got Sami Zayn versus Cesaro bruh like mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like it was, it was an overwhelming success. I think in the eyes of fans, that it 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 said to fans that I can trust that this show, this brand is going to continue to give me excellence. Mm-hmm. And I guess maybe a fear for some people, not for me, I don't think for you guys, is that if because already financially it's a sellout, so they got your money. It's a financial success, but if the show doesn't come off well. From creatively, from a creative standpoint, or from a wrestling standpoint, will it make people think I will maybe this ain't what I thought it was going to be? I'm not worried about the wrestling aspect of it. I think they've given us five really, really good matches. Um, especially, I think there's especially three real, three matches that could be like borderline great. Um, the three title matches I think the uh, you know DQ or the hardcore match you know for the most part everyone loves that kind of loves the hardcore match you know there's always going to be something crazy that happens in it and then you know that opener still we're thinking it might open Devon and Travis Banks should be a, a good fun opener as well um, I like how they've gone with the NXT model as well not overloading in the matches they've given us like five matches Um I don't think it needs to be an overwhelming success because, like I say, I think the fan base and the support is there and is going to be there for a while. I think the wrestling itself is going to deliver. And however they, whatever they go with creatively, 
I think as long as the rest of them delivers, people are still going to be hyped about it. Because the second show of the night after, that's also sold out. So, All the tapings? The tapings? Yep. So, yeah. Like I said, I think the wrestling will deliver in that, in its sense, in that sense will mean the show was successful. However, they book it. I have faith. I have, I have lots of faith. Aye. Aye. <laughs> um, Rance, do you want to stay for the some quiz time? Well, I mean, that's the that's the best part of the show. I just... Yes, I want to stay for some quiz time because, I look, the man tried to silence me. There was a special quiz episode and I was silenced. The Outsider's Edge was silenced. You can't silence me no more. I, I privately apologised. I'll mess with you, man. You know you know, it's all love, brother. In advance, in advance as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, I'm going to keep the gimmick alive. Well, Kayfabe, baby. Don't worry, there's um, there's some news for you. But first of all... It's fucking quiz time! I just realised the door's open. I might need to be quiet. With Ricky and Clive and Rance. A fucking WWE quiz! Right, I'll be back. I need to close the door. <laughs> <laughs> Before we start, Ricky and I have been talking over the, the festivist season and there's going to be a bit a slight change to Ricky and Clive going forward. Maybe not John. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Right, in January not sorry, not in January because you've got takeovers, you've got Royal Rumbles, so it's too busy for we've got enough content to keep us going. But at some point in February, maybe March, there is going to be one special episode a month. Each of those episodes is going to be the Ricky and Clive Quiz Time Invitational. <laughs> so it's not it's not all ironed out to perfection yet. There will be eight people. If we you want, think eight. We think eight, right? So going forward, it's going to be starting as a Eight people, um, so it's starting off as a quarterfinals singles competition, um, knockout stages to see if it works, and then we may do something later after the summertime. Uh, we'll record them in advance. It's going to be knockout stages. The episode is purely going to be a quiz episode where people who listen to the show let us know via DMs if you want to play. Knockout tournament. The winner will receive something which we're still to discuss and determine, but you will have a choice in what you win. There is a budget, though, just so you know. It could so be, I so can't... It, could, it could be it could be like a a t-shirt from Pro Wrestling Tees or WWE Shop, or it could be like a replica title. You know, we'll or sort that out at a later date. A front row seat to WrestleMania. Uh, yeah, the budget stretches to a couple of, a couple of thousand. <laughs> oh shit, okay. Do I get flight two, flight and airfare and hotel? Yeah. For the record for the record, as somebody who's loved the quizzes from the very top first time I've I've listened to the show, that's huge. That's amazing. And look at look at my boys growing. Look at my boys growing, expanding the brand. 
Is it? It's just, I mean, one of the reasons that we did the canned episodes is we were getting to the burnout stage and... Or just take the compliment, just take the compliment. I can't, I'm, I'm too Scottish to take a compliment, I can't take it. I'll take the compliment, I'll take the compliment. I'm Thank not, you, Rance. I'm not gallant I love enough. that answer, I love that answer, I'm too Scottish to take the compliment and you're sitting right <laughs> next to a dude from Scotland. I love that. I'm, I'm not gallus enough. Oh, there you go. Uh, it's something different. It will help us not get burned out if wrestling's not doing it for us at that point. It's something else to look forward to, and it's getting some more listeners involved. So if you're interested, DM us. It will be first come, first serve type thing, so get your votes in. Um, so, with that, Also, just to let you know, I'm not looking to replace Clive. I threatened him earlier on. Saying that I might have a new co-host, but it's not going to happen. We're stuck with one another. Did he turn you down? No, no, no. He was wondering who it was going to be. Just like <laughs> uh, Jason and Kylie say, once said, Together, forever. Right, what's your quiz? You're the quiz master this week. So because we're such marks for ourselves, and this is our return after three weeks, the quiz is going to is, has a theme, and that theme is returns. So, first of all, do you want to tell the listeners your your buzzers? Rance? Oh, shit, I really need to prepare for this. I've never prepared for the buzzer. Um... Uh... Um... If you will. Okay. Uh, mine says. Ooh. Ah. <laughs> oh, I like Have it. You, so, you, so you've changed your buzzer? Uh, I'll change it this week. Alright, okay. Right, okay. <clears throat> the Undertaker debuted his American badass gimmick at which pay per view? Ooh. Ah. And I need. I, I need the year as well. Ooh. Ah. Judgment Day 2000. Damn. Right. Damn. Good one. Edge returned to be inserted into the Triple H versus Vladimir Kozlov match at which pay-per-view and year Ooh, did this take place? <laughs> Survivor Series 08. I thought we could help me. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> 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 Y'all traded the questions, bro. Well, I yeah. didn't know you were coming on, so how could he have? <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair point. A, I did kind of just like bully my way on the show. I'm sorry. Bully Ray. Question number three. Bully Ray can. <laughs> Austin made his return from his hiatus. Which pay-per-view did he return that and I need to hear? Right. Oh, shit. What, what do you mean hiatus? Remember? Remember when he took his ball and went home? All right. Ooh. Yep. No way out, 2003. Correct. Damn. You need Question to listen, number four. You need to listen to more Bruce Pritchard podcasts, Rance. <laughs> <laughs> Question number four. Who was his opponent? Ooh. I know this isn't returns, but I just have to get this question as well. It's... Um, I don't think this is right. Is it Eric Bischoff? Correct. It was. Yep. Question number five. 
when Edge returned at the 2010 Royal Rumble, which city slash venue did this take place in? And the reason why I remember it because I've watched this clip so many times, and I'll give you a clue. Michael Cole goes, "It's thunderous in the something arena." Chris Jericho was in the ring at the time, waiting on him. Mm-hmm. If if you will, <laughs> um, is it Tampa Bay? That is not correct. Ooh, ah. Yep. All state. Nope. So I'm going to give you a clue, right? And I think this clue is probably going to benefit Rance more than you, Clive. That's fine. It, it is... A, the, the city is an estate which I believe borders where our good friend Kyle comes from. If you will, yep. Okay, so it's one. It's like that's like five states, but I'm gonna I'm gonna guess the one that's not obvious. I'm gonna say Charlotte. That is incorrect. Shit, I've not got a clue. Pass. Just, just take Atlanta. A guess. Atlanta. Would you like to give it to him, Clive? Even though you've never buzzed in. Uh huh. It is Atlanta, Phillips Arena. It had to either be Atlanta or Charlotte when you said by Kyle. So mm-hmm. you can give me one damage. You didn't got all seventeen of the ones before this. <laughs> Question number six: <clears throat> Seth Rollins returned at which pay per view from his knee injury? Ooh, ah. Oh shit! Oh, just Extreme Rules twenty sixteen. Correct. I was going to ask: Did you mean the match or the actual return? Return. Question number seven. Who was Triple H about to fire when The Undertaker returned to confront him for a WrestleMania rematch on Raw? Mm. So who was about to fire when The Undertaker returned on Raw seeking a WrestleMania rematch? Um, Yep. (laughs) I'm just guessing, was it Kane? No. <laughs> well. I know, but no. Okay. So hold on. This was WrestleMania 28. Going into 20. Oh, I got it. Uh, if you will. Yep. Paul Heyman. Nope. Fuck. Whatever is a clue. He, he, there's no, he could be, he will be. Johnny Boots and Tights father-in-law oh if you will yep John Laurinaitis yep people power himself (laughs) question number eight Diesel returned at which Royal Rumble I need to hear if you will yep God this is a shot in the dark 2015 Nope. Fuck, did he return in 2015? That's not the one I was thinking. Unless he did return in 2015. Ooh, uh, Yep. 2011? Yeah, that's the one I was thinking. Did they come back in 2015 as well? I don't, I don't know. know. I, shit, I don't know. I should have stayed my ass at home. 
Question number. God. Question number nine, and this is the last one because I never had time to do a ten. Good, it's a mercy. It's a mercy killing. Yes. <laughs> Triple H pedigreed who right before John Cena entered the two thousand and eight Royal Rumble. So you remember he pedigreed someone who went to pick them up as Cena's music went off. Oh, um... shot in the dark, if you will. Yep. Was it MVP? Nope. This is just a guess. Ooh, uh, Randy? Nope. Okay. He is no longer with us. Oh, uh, if you will. Yep. Umaga. Correct. <coughs> and that concludes the quiz. Never in so never in the history of the Ricky and Clive show have I been so destroyed. <laughs> Give all credit and all praise to Clive McCliverson. My man killed that. Good job. Happy New Year, Rance. <laughs> Do you want to plug your stuff before we finish up? Yeah, I don't know if we're recording tonight or tomorrow, but uh Outsiders Edge, we got God, just we've been on vacation like y'all have. For the record, I I, we, I love potting. We love you guys, but damn, it felt good to be out for three weeks. It does. Yep, yep. Oh, but yes. Yeah, so uh, you can follow the show at uh, Outsiders Edge SS. Don't forget to follow your boy. It's Ray Cash R E Y as in Mysterio C A S H as in dollars. Uh, we might get Carl, we might get Carl back for this episode, and the young boy and or Jeremy should be on because we're talking Wrestle Kingdom. So uh, yeah, l- listen to the show. Check it out. Check us out. Uh, as well as ourselves and Outsiders Edge on the Social Suplex Podcast Network, sponsored by PowerSlam.tv, where you can subscribe to their uh, thing. <laughs> <laughs> With the, wow. the, um, oh Christ, this is going badly. Four four thousand hours, free month. Social Suplex promo code. Sorry, pro, uh, powerslam.tv, that was t- that was almost as bad as Braun Strowman's promo on Monday night. Um, you've got Wilfred Watchers, Omega Look Podcast, you've got Grown Men Watch This Shit, you've got One Nation Radio, you've got Keeping It Strong Style. Uh, leave us a five-star review if you like us that much on the podcast app of your choice. We're on socialsuplex.com. Um, you can subscribe to us there you can get the podcast and the columns that we do straight to your email inbox on Facebook the Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group is where you can find us all and many of our marks um, sorry listeners <laughs> <laughs> we didn't hear that I know, I, d- I think that'll go down quite badly actually uh, at Rick and Clive on Twitter breaking news gentlemen it's just come in right now uh, the WWE's very own Olympic hero, Mr. Angle himself, he's talked about what he's going to do with his life after he finishes up with WWE and he's going to start his own, um, he's going to start a competitor to the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. It's going to be called The Kurt Sheet. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, I, I, I busted on the show for that. (laughs) <laughs> oh it's true it's damn true <laughs> he even got his buzzer in <laughs> oh God. three weeks of vacation and that's what you come up with <laughs> the sad part is 
The sad part is when he said he had breaking news, I'm looking at my phone like, damn, I missed that. I didn't get it. I was like, I should have known. Well, you would have got it if you'd subscribed to the Kurt Sheet Rants. I'll get right on that, sir. I'll get right on it. Thanks for listening to us again, ladies and gentlemen. Enjoy TakeOver Blackpool, and we'll speak to you next week. Good night, and God and Allah bless. And the, qu- the Queen of Kwanzaa as well. The Queen of Kwanzaa! <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. We'll see you next time. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.